Welcome back to Talking PFAS podcast and if you're joining us for the first time, a very special welcome. I'm a journalist and your host, Kayleen Bell. Sorry it's been a while between episodes, listeners. I've had a bit of a bad run with health and then a few funerals to attend. But I'm back and I will be finishing off this season, continuing on with the audio that I recorded in September in Adelaide at the International Cleanup Conference. 2022. That's hosted by CRC Care. So over the next few weeks, I'll be publishing the remaining episodes. Today's guest is Dr. Richard Stewart. He's the Managing Director of Rembind, which is a local company based in Adelaide, but also has global reach. They sell PFAS remediation products globally. He's going to be talking today about the Rembind stabilization product for PFAS, and this is for use in soil. It's added to the soil and it binds up PFAS and prevents it from leaching into the groundwater. And I managed to drag Richard off his stand at the cleanup conference in Adelaide for a very quick chat. So now to today's discussion with Richard Stewart from Rembind. Hi, Richard. It's good to talk to you at the Cleanup 2022 conference in Adelaide. Can you introduce yourself and then say what you're doing here? I'm Richard Stewart and I'm the managing director of a company called Rembind. Uh, We're a local company, but we've got global reach. We're based here in Adelaide. We sell PFAS remediation products globally and we're always at these conferences to network and to put our products out there. Okay, so what is your product? So our product is called Rembind. It's a stabilisation product for PFAS. So you add it to the soil, it binds up PFAS and prevents it leaching into groundwater. Okay, and is it meant to be used... In a treatment train, for instance, like can it work with other processes? Uh, Yes, it can. So you can either use it just directly in the soil to bind up the PFAS or you can use it in a treatment train after soil washing. So if you wash the soil and there's still some residual PFAS left, you can stabilise it with our product. So how does Rembine work? So Rembine is a combination of powders. It's got some carbon in it and some clays in it and aluminium hydroxide. And what it does from a chemical point of view, it binds up the PFAS irreversibly so it doesn't leach into drinking water. So you add it to the soil like you would add sugar to a cake mix. You add it at about 1% and you mix it with conventional machinery, whether it's a rotary hoe or an excavator, and then you leave it 24 hours and it'll bind up the PFAS uh, permanently. I've got a couple of questions there just to follow on. If you're using aluminium, aluminium's had such a bad rap in the past and connections, I think, to Alzheimer's and other things, we kind of avoid our deodorants with aluminium in them. How safe is it? The aluminium that we use is safe. So firstly, it's not soluble. So when water runs through the soil, the aluminium will stay where it is. It won't come out into the, to the drinking water. Secondly, we only add Rembine to the soil at, let's say, 1%. And the aluminium only makes up a tiny percent of the actual product. So you're adding very small amounts, which don't get anywhere near exceeding the environmental uh, regulations. So is there no leaching of this whatsoever, even into groundwater? No. Okay. And when was the technology developed? It was developed way back in 2009 with the CSIRO here in Australia. We originally developed it for other contaminants, like gasworks contaminants. Um, In 2014, we realised that it binds very well to PFAS, and that's when our PFAS journey started. Wow, so 2014 is just before, you know, a couple of years before the reveal in New South Wales and Williamtown in particular, and Oakey, 
that there was um, PFAS contamination. I, I wonder why Rembind wasn't rolled out if it was already an existing technology. I went to the inquiries where they said there's no treatment for soil. They said that repeatedly. So why was this not used straight up? Yeah, so it's a really interesting question because at the time we were pushing for, you know, this was a world-class technology. We'd put a lot of work into it with CSIRO and it was available commercially on a commercial scale. The issue that most clients had at that time was around stabilising the PFAS because it's still there. So it wasn't about our Rembine product, it was about the whole concept of stabilising it because it still remained in the soil, it just didn't leach. And there wasn't enough data in their mind to show that over the longer term it wouldn't start leaching later. So that was really why we didn't get initial take-up, but in the last 18 months, it's gone nuts. So have you used it at military bases? Yes, we have, yep. We've done a number of defence sites in Australia. Are you allowed to say which ones? Uh, Yeah, so one of them is publicly available as a case study. That was the RAF base at Townsville. So we treated several thousand tonnes there. We've also done some work at Point Cook in Victoria, and the other sites are probably confidential, but I can say that we've just shipped product out of Australia for two US Air Force bases literally in the last two months. Fantastic. Is one of those Wurtsmith? Yeah. Covered Wurtsmith in the uh, podcast before. Yeah, okay. I think that's near Michigan, isn't it? Yep, it's up north. Yep. Great Lakes region. You have covered that with uh, investigative reporter Garrett Allison. Okay. So you're getting plenty of work then? Yeah. So it's taken a while because the first few years since 2014, we were proving the technology and getting a lot of data, peer-reviewed publications, etc., But now that we've got full-scale projects going on, sales have tripled since last year and they'll probably triple again. So I do know there's a soil washing plant down in, I think, South Australia. Do they send stuff to you after they've washed it or do you not work together? At the moment, we're not working together with their plant. I think the plant's been dismantled now, but they're the sort of customer where if they had residual PFAS after the final wash, it might be more economical to stabilise it with a product like Rembind. I'm wondering if your product could be used in these fire training pits to remediate the soil. Yes, it can, yep. Yeah, so our main applications at the moment, we're doing a large commercial airport in Australia. All airports have got PFAS contamination of different uh, different stages. And, you know, at fire training facilities, like at each of the airports, um, mainly through Air Services Australia, there's a lot of target sites there as well. What about fire stations? Yep, fire stations. We're doing a couple of fire stations in Victoria at the moment. I can't tell you which ones, but that's started really well and we're doing them right now. Fantastic. And I know there's listeners listening to this that are living in contaminated areas and some of them were very upset at uh, especially rural properties very upset at losing the ability to grow their own vegetables. Some of them had market gardens. So could your solution be something that could be used on farms at these rural residential contaminated areas? Yes, it is. So with these areas, if you look at the other treatment technologies available for soil, like putting it in a thermal oven or soil washing it, they're just not going to be economical for those areas. And also the soil won't be as useful for agricultural purposes. Whereas stabilisation technologies like ours, you can literally spread it as pellets, like you would buy a bag of fertiliser at Bunnings for your roses. Same thing, put handfuls out onto your garden and it will help to lock up the PFAS so it's not available to go into the plants. Okay, so obviously if you've got cattle and they're grazing, you couldn't do that. 
If you spread it on pasture, it will lock up the PFAS and prevent the grasses from taking it up. We've actually done some studies where we've shown with Australian native grasses, a rembine treatment reduces the uptake into those grasses by more than 95%. Of PFAS? Yeah, of PFAS. Which PFAS in particular? That study looked at a wide range of compounds, probably 20 different compounds. Yeah, because some of them are more binding to soil and some more binding to water, right? Yeah, that's right. And I think our product is designed to bind not only the long-chain compounds like the PFOS and the PFOA, which you hear a lot about, but also the short-chain compounds, which can be a little bit troublesome to remediate. Our combination of clay in there binds the short-chain compounds as well. Now, when you're saying short-chain, I think you're talking about Gen X. PFHXS, things like that? Yep, and PFBS and PFBA, yep. Yeah, these are ones that we know uh, are pretty widespread contaminants. Yep. Back to the rural properties, you know, it comes down to who will pay and it's always come down to who will pay. Because the class action's finalised, it's probably not going to be defence that pays for this on rural properties. Is it affordable to a homeowner who can't afford to leave their property but they want to remediate their soil and enjoy their life again with their own garden produce? You're right. The initiative will have to come from the homeowner in terms of who pays for it, um, unfortunately. But we're hoping to have a granular product on the market soon that you may even be able to buy at Bunnings in a 20-litre bag, just like you would with your compost, etc. And to add, let's say, a few handfuls to your vegetable garden to give you some peace of mind. We're never going to be able to guarantee that no PFAS will get into your plants, but it'll certainly reduce it by 90-something percent. And so it gives those that are really concerned about it, it gives them some peace of mind for the future and for their vegetables. Have you seen any studies done to show that it's safe to grow vegetables with using this rembine pellet? Yeah, so at the moment we've only done it with some grasses, but we're about to do more studies on the vegetable side. And different plants act in different ways, so different plants take up different PFAS compounds in different ways. So it'll be interesting to see the results of those studies. Fantastic. At this conference I went to a session and it was talking about uptake of PFAS into a selected few vegetables, right? They looked at biosolids because sometimes people buy a compost that's come from a biosolid because the other thing when you buy it, you don't know where the compost has come from. It doesn't clearly state whether it has come from biosolids or not. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I mean, we've got the compost industry ringing us almost every week and looking for solutions. And I think the long-term solution is stopping the PFAS coming in through the biosolids or through the wastes, but that's going to take some time. I think an immediate solution is to perhaps have composts that are certified as either PFAS free, because they haven't come from those biosolids waste streams, or PFAS safe. And I'm thinking about this PFAS safe concept where you could say, okay, if it has got some residual PFAS, which even the composters might not know about, it will have rembind in the product during the process, so it will be safe, so it won't be taken up by your vegetables. So there's that sort of concept that's starting to emerge, and there's a lot of discussion about that. What are the well-known or well-used methods for removing PFAS from soil now? Yeah, so because they're difficult compounds chemically, um, you can't degrade them with bugs. So the main remediation technologies are soil washing. 
So that's washing them through screens and then treating the liquid residual and then hopefully the soil's clean. And the second one is putting them in a thermal oven to burn off the PFAS and so remove it from the soil. And the third one really is stabilisation. So that's our approach. And the limitation of that is, of course, the PFAS is still there, whereas the other two are removal and destructive technologies. So the limitations of the three technologies are the soil washing. The limitation is you can't really use it very cost-effectively on clays it's okay for sands but you're also left with a liquid which has still got the PFAS in it. You've removed it but you've got to transport it or treat it. The second one the thermal process there's always worries about the emissions because it it takes them off into a gas stream and it's how you treat those emissions are you making the problem worse and the third one stabilisation the really the only limitation is that the PFAS is still there. But the other limitation with stabilisation is some methods of stabilisation will break down over time right? So you said this is a forever solution for a forever chemical, do you think? Are you brave enough to say it's going to last forever? I don't know about the word forever. We've done a lot of um, long-term stability testing uh, through independent universities and authorities. And in the early days, some of the PFAS would re-leach. But with our latest iterations of products that we're using mainly in the US, we've shown in the field that they're still very stable after four or five years of monitoring. And our simulations in the lab, which has all been published in the peer-reviewed literature, show that should be stable for hundreds of years. That's quite a prediction. Yeah. And the change that you made is the aluminium? It's all of the ingredients that we've changed and we just keep trying to continually innovate. So you were very focused on research and development then and making sure that you've got academic research to back up your work? Yeah, and we've done that right from day one. We've been fairly open with our products since 2014. We probably took four or five years of research and development to prove that up. But now that the market's matured, we can show all that data to our clients and they love it that we've got all that data available. Yeah, There's not a lot of solutions for soil, like you said. Yours does sound like something that the average person can do as well if it's affordable. Is it affordable for a residential user? If you bought a bag um, in Bunnings, it's going to be a similar price to the other soil amendments that you can buy. That's fantastic. Because I know that as part of therapy, some of the people got together for mental health benefits and created a market garden together, but they were buying bags of compost and saying to me, I don't know if there's PFAS in it. And I'm like, I can't answer that. Yep. So hopefully we can um, help some of those communities as we go along. Yep, sounds excellent. What is your background, Richard? Do you have um, bachelor degrees in anything? Yeah, so I've um, I've got an undergraduate degree in microbiology and genetics, and then I did my PhD at the University of Adelaide in protein engineering, and I've also got some business qualifications from University of Texas and uh, Harvard. Fantastic. And so your product, Rembine, is in Australia, being used in Australia, large-scale and small. Yes. And it's being used in America? Yes, America. And we've also got distributors in Scandinavia and Germany and also New Zealand. Okay. And where do you think you want to go to next or is that enough work for you? Oh, I think the way that business has tripled in the last year and probably triple again, I think our main challenge now is production and what we're offering clients and can we expand to those larger projects? Do you think you can? Of course. Has the amount of work really tripled with PFAS? Yeah. Yeah. Sales this year have tripled compared to last year's sales and they'll probably triple again next year. So. Because there's just so many 
areas that need this product. Yes, and finally, um, people have enough confidence to start remediating PFAS soil, whereas it took them a few years to get that confidence and the regulators to get up to speed as well. And I imagine too, until they had a solution for the water, they probably didn't want to do anything about the soil yet. Yeah, correct. The water always gets the first priority because it can move off-site onto other people's properties and into drinking water. And far more mobile. Yeah, but for PFAS, it's a little bit different because all the PFAS in the water is coming from soil. So we've always argued that if you stabilise the soil source, then you're going to get less PFAS in your water. And they're starting to now realise that, and that's why the remediation market has started to increase. Actually, I have one last question. There's drains up at Williamtown, and we do know that Defence, despite their best efforts, at the last bit of information that I found out, that it was still coming off the base, right? So I wonder if your product could, if ever they can absolutely stop it coming off the base, I wonder if your product could clean up the drain network up there, you know, the open drain network up there around Salt Ash and Fullerton Cove and Williamtown. For drains, we have a special product which is Rembine powder coated onto stones and so you can actually easily lay them out down drainways or even... Or gullies. Yeah, or put them in a basket and the water has to flow through the basket full of the stones with the rembine powder on. And so as the water flows through them, naturally, the PFAS gets bound up by the rembine powder. Wouldn't they get to a point of saturation where you have to replace them and take them away? Yeah, they do. And that's why you'd containerise them in easy-to-lift-out baskets. So you just replace the basket. There's application there for drains, gullies, open gullies... Yep, yep. And actually, we're talking to some mining companies who have drains out in the Pilbara, and they've got a lot of vegetation in the drains, so they don't want to dig out the vegetation to treat the PFAS, so they're looking for a granular-type product to be able to spread in the drains without um, disturbing the vegetation, and that's where we're really coming into our own. Is that going to be something new that you're working on? So I guess that's my last question, what is next? Yeah, so the granular product, the product for the home gardener, and we're working on a few other things which I probably can't uh, disclose at the moment. Uh, Looks like you'll have your hands full of PFAS remediation for many years to come, decades. Thank you for talking with me today, Richard, on Talking PFAS podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. The next interviews that I will be putting up will be interviews that I had with two people from ACOM. So stay tuned for those. Please share today's episode, but remember all information is copyright. So please contact me at talkingpfas at gmail.com for any republishing permissions. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.